Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. And we're back. This is Season 2, Episode 30 of Truth Revival. Paul, can you believe we've made it to a nice solid number like Episode 30 in Season 2? No, I would have never dreamed it. I actually never thought about it. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, statistics in podcasts, and not many people make it past Episode 25. Really? Just in in general. We've been... um, Going now for over a year, we've put out um, nearly a century's worth of episodes. We've almost got close to a hundred episodes. Oh wow! Yeah, very blessed. So, uh, Paul, I'm I'm thankful for you, old buddy. I appreciate you, man. Um, today we're going to be following up with another silent killer episode, and today we're going to be talking about the sin of pride. So in the previous episode, we uh, talked about how envy, when envy creeps in, envy can lead to jealousy, which can lead to bitterness, which can lead to hurt and resentment, and it's a silent killer. We have to guard ourselves. So Paul and I just, you know, we just really enjoyed that one, right? Mm. We enjoyed talking about that. And so um, the sin of of pride, that is one that uh, we, we settled on. And um, Paul, give us your thoughts real quick on uh, on, on pride. When I studied this out a little bit, and I, you know me, I'm a definition guy. I love definitions. Okay. Would you know that the original definition of pride is different than the definition today? It's similar, but they've tweaked it to where it's muddy water. Listen to this. The original definition, inordinate self-esteem, an unreasonable, unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority and talent, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office, which manifests itself in lofty airs, distance, reserve, and often contempt of others. Now listen to the to the modern definition. Remember I said unreasonable, right? Right. This is the new one. Same thing. The original was Webster, 1828. The modern-day definition, Merriam-Webster, a reasonable and justifiable feeling of being worthwhile, self-respect, a feeling of being better than others, a sense of pleasure that comes from your accomplishments. It's amazing to me how things are shifted and transitioned to make something that's totally against who God is okay in the world's eyes. It blows my mind that it began as unreasonable, but now it's reasonable. You know, Paul, you're, you're bringing that up right there. Uh, definition I got for pride is the cancer of the soul. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, pride is one of those silent killers and it will 
corrupt you from the inside out. Not only was pride the beginning of all sin, but it is also the culmination of sin in its final form. Pride is extremely sinful, and it's the direct opposite of what God has called believers to possess in their spiritual life, which is humility. When we pick up that cross and fall after Jesus, we're supposed to take on the mindset of, of a servant. Rather than be highly praised or rather than seek, you know, these uh, earthly rewards. Uh, I think that we we've taken on you. You sometimes mention the American dream. Yeah, the American dream is something that you know pushes pushes pride and 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 pushes self fulfillment. But uh, God says we need to be we need to be humble. You want the approval of others with that with that American dream. You want your your people, your parents, uh, your peers to be to recognize you, to be proud of you. But, but you, you hit on something, uh, there you said pride was the very first sin. Listen to this it says pride, the root of everything evil, the root of everything evil. Most people do not consider themselves proud or vulnerable to pride. Yet this is one of the most major categories of sin. The Bible says in each of our hearts, this was my Bible verse this morning. I have a daily verse that pops on my phone every day. This was it. You ready? First John 2, 15 and 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. The lust of the eyes, and in the King James it says, and the pride of life. Ooh. You know, this, we're, we're talking about pride here. Pride is just being so self-absorbed in yourself, just a preoccupied, excessively preoccupied with yourself and your own importance, yeah. your own achievements, your own status, status, your own possessions. And this sin is considered against, this sin is considered a rebellion against God yeah. because sin tends to reflect one's own honor and glory rather than that which is due unto God. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul, I want to try to explain this here because there are times in our lives, like as a father, we're proud of our children. Yeah. Or, you know, we we look on the work of our hands, something that we've accomplished, and we're we're proud of it. Yeah. The Apostle Paul, there was a, a a similar sentiment that he shared. Pride is not always a negative quality in the Bible, like a Second Corinthians chapter number seven, verse number four. The apostle Paul right here is speaking to a group of believers and he said I'm I have a lot of confidence in you you've been discipled I'm proud of you. Yes. He said you 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 guys make me proud in your efforts and how you serve the Lord. That's not 
the negative quality that we're talking about here. Right. Because Paul is proud of the fruits of the the spirit that God has sowed in these people and it's and it's manifesting. You know, whenever you look upon something that you've accomplished and, and you're proud of it, th- this is different here. And especially like, you know, you're when you look upon especially something that God is doing and you realize that it's that it's good. Like when God made Adam and Eve and he said it's very good. We we kind of talked about that. You look on the works of your hand and it's good. We're talking about pride as in being excessively self-focused and self-elevating. That's the kind of pride that the Bible warns about. The, the, the biblical sin of pride, it refers to a high or exalted attitude yeah. of oneself. The opposite of being humil the opposite of being humble, which is our posture towards the Lord that we're supposed to take. Go ahead, Paul. I just feel like, you know, you're talking about that where Paul's talking about being proud is that I don't, that's more confidence, more trust. Hey, I'm, I'm confident and I trust. Mm-hmm. Therefore that, that makes me glad, you know, for he, what is about the old song says for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Right. You know, there, there's a time to rejoice. There's a time to be proud and to trust and say, Hey, you've got this together. I've taught you. And it's like anything when, when the Lord sees that, that I was talking to a guy this morning when we're tempted and we're tried and the enemy tries to come at us, but we say, Hey, no, I'm following Jesus. I'm shaking this off. I'm going to resist the enemy and I'm going to, I'm going to flee from him. He says in those moments. Now, those things that I used to give, give into those things that I used to run back to and sin in the Lord, the spirit of God in me has, I've overcome a few of those. He says, so now when I'm tempted at, he said, I almost smile and chuckle that, hey, you don't own me here anymore. Right. That's not being prideful. That's saying, hey, I have confidence in this very thing. He that began a good work in me will fulfill it to the end. And and I'm and I'm coming to the light. I'm coming to the king. I'm coming to eternity. I'm walking in his victory, which he says I have. I'm not being cankered by the world anymore because you're washing me and you're making me whole and you're bringing me to you. So I have that confidence, not pride. I have that confidence that you will sustain me. I like that. I like that, Paul. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So, so that we're not talking about the kind of pride, you know, like Paul says, confidence in the work of the Lord. But again, James 4, chapter 6, it said, God opposes the proud. Yes. But he gives grace unto yeah. the humble. God's grace will extend to those that are humble before him. Hold on, Rome. Read that again, that verse. God opposes the proud. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Time, time out, time out, time out. So you want to tell me, you asked me last time, uh, or the time before, about if I would get in the ring with Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. God opposes the proud so when you're proud you're making him your opponent you're not going to win (laughs) you're not going to win if god's your opponent come on man Uh that'll put you in reality real quick wow (laughs) he hates it god hates pride we must learn to hate what god hates listen i preached last sunday about bridging the gap proving that which is good acceptable and perfect and i and i've been studying about king asa and Asa's mother 
would not stop offering to idols. Mm-hmm. So what did Asa do? He removed her from her post. God hates pride. We've got to be to the point where Asa was in his walk with the father. Hey, I've got to remove this. I don't care how much I love it. I don't care how much I want it. I don't care how much I think I need it. I've got to come to the realization that Jesus is big enough in my life that I know when he speaks to me, my children know my voice. I know when he speaks to me, this thing is wrong. You've got to remove it like Asa did his own mother Mm. from her post. That takes a lot to remove your own family member. But he says, you got to love me more than your father, mother, sister, brother. You've mm-hmm. got to do these things. So I've got to remove that out of my life because if we do not remove it, Rome, that thing, when it becomes full grown, will bring death. You're going to like this one. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse number 23 and 24. It says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his own wisdom. There's mm. other... Um, other translations that talk about boast or take pride in his own accomplishments, right. or his own wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, which again, you know, we, you see that on social media. Yeah. You see that in our culture today. You see that just about on every channel that you that you turn the, the news on people are basically boasting in their own accomplishments and you know you hear people say if you don't toot your own horn nobody else will oh it, lord in that kind of the saying justification right yeah, yeah. If, you, if, if, <laughs> if, if if you don't brag about your accomplishments no no one else will have a little pride in your work rome yeah but you know it's <laughs> the, the bible is warning us against it because as Paul said earlier, when you allow pride to start creeping into your heart, you are, you're becoming an opponent of God. You are beginning to oppose the Lord Almighty, and that's a battle you're going to lose. You cannot control pride. You cannot handle pride. And if a man gets too puffed up, if a man gets too haughty in spirit, the Bible says, be careful now because pride cometh before the fall yeah. and a haughty spirit before destruction. Pride will be your downfall. Now look here. This is the good part. And this is what we were talking about earlier, Paul. Verse 24, Jeremiah chapter nine. But let him that glory, mm. glory in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord, which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Mm. Man, so if you're going to glory, glory in the Lord. Yes. If you're going to brag on anything, brag that you know Jesus Christ. You know, the old enemy, the accuser out there, Satan tries to uh, accuse people of their of their sins and and their guilt and and bring shame in people's life. And I think sometimes, Paul, that's why people allow pride to creep in is because, you know, we do need to build up our confidence sometimes. Yeah. We do need to lift ourselves. We do need to lift ourselves up. I don't want people thinking that they need to have the mindset that, you know, that they're just in the, that they're, that they're gutter rats or that they're worthless, that you're no good. We don't, I don't want people to have that type of opinion of themselves. And I think Rome through the ages, Church, in general, has made us feel like we have to have that mindset because 
if God's forced, we don't need to have a lot of money. We don't need, we need to be poor. We, we, we've totally, we shifted that mindset of who God says we are to try to combat the way we see it in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, that's totally not what he's meaning. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be a blessing. And we're not, we can't do that when we're in our mind thinking we're gutter rats. Well, and, and, and so that's the thing, Paul, we have to be cautious not to allow the sin of pride and this selfish ambition and where everything points to us and we become puffed up. We have to be careful not to allow that to happen. But if we're going to glory in anything, man, let's glory in the Lord and realize that God chose you even while you was yet in your sin, even while you was in your shame, even while you was yet in your guilt, that God chose you. And I'll tell you, here's the thing though. Uh, God loves you just the way you are. Yes. But he refuses to leave you that way. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. he wants to mold you and shape you and conform you into the likeness of his own image. Yes. And so if you take pride in anything, just take pride knowing that God's working on you. Yeah. That God's building his masterpiece in you and that you're not finished yet. And that's what we lack in our understanding. Listen to what Paul says in Corinthians. It says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, patting themselves on the back, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Mm. That's the thing. We try to compare ourselves one to another. Let's say, okay, I'm trying to compare myself with you. You're trying to compare yourself with me. God said, hey, compare yourself with me. Yeah, yeah. Compare yourself with me. Um, <laughs> you know, Paul, When you think about pride, I think about it like this. These silent killers that we're talking about, envy, pride. The When a man is left to his own devices, these sins will creep into his heart. And that's why it's important to surround yourself with other godly men. Yes. That's going to hold you or other godly women for all of our listeners that's going to hold you accountable. That's going to keep you in check. And that's why the Bible says in James to confess your faults one with another so that you may be healed. Mm. And this is also the work of the church. Okay. I mean, you are going to be the company that you keep. Yeah. Um, but also if you're just, if you're just left to to yourself, if you isolate yourself, or or maybe you you're just you've got so many walls up and you're guarding yourself, pride's going to start to creep into your heart. But if you allow other godly men and women to sow into your heart, if if you become a disciple of Christ, now uh, one of the things that we said about the apostle Paul. And I can't remember exactly where this verse is, Paul. Uh, but he told his followers, he said, be followers of me as I'm a follower of Christ. Do as I do, yeah. Do you know how prideful that is and how boastful that is? Hey, you follow me because I'm following Christ. Like, that's extremely boastful. However... He's just doing what it said in Jeremiah chapter number nine. Didn't Peter say too, if you do this, you will not stumble. You know, <laughs> and, and so like, 
you can you can kind of see that you know the work of of God when it manifests in in people's heart, it can it's actually good for us, Paul. Yeah, because when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, man, God will start pruning that vine. Yeah, He'll start trimming those areas. He'll start purging and cleansing those areas that 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 you that are going to be hindering your life. So, I want to encourage our listeners out there. If you don't have a good group of friends or a good group of people that's going to hold you accountable, pray that God would send somebody your way. Pray that God would open up doors of opportunity for people that's going to hold you accountable and and keep you in check. Paul, that's that's what I desire. Yeah. I desire to have people in my life that's going to hold me accountable. That's going to that's going to keep me in check because I don't want to let this silent killer creep into my life. Yeah. Cause it, it can, man. And it, it's easy. I mean, that's why you got to guard your heart, guard your heart and life in him. It's so easy to do in, in any situation in business, in church, in, uh, in your home life in your finances, it's easy to become that way. And, and kind of take your eyes off the Lord. You get comfortable, you get mundane and, and you do these things. And then, you, you start to feel like, oh, I'm a little bit better or I'm, I'm this or I'm that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. There was one point in my life to where I felt like, boy, I've arrived. Mm-hmm. It was about, ah, uh, what are we in 22? Yep. It was probably 14 or 15 years ago. I thought, man, I've got it, man. <laughs> I've, I've, I've handled it. I'm here. I'm good. And I'll tell you. That slow shift happened, son, and everything, everything crumbled Mm. to where I was standing in the dust. At the end of the day, the only thing that I had was to look at the father. It all, it was all gone. It all crumbled, you know, and, and he said, Hey, what does it say? Pride cometh before the fall. And, and that, and when you're standing there in that cloud and that, rubble and debris up to your knees and you're and you're like what in the world has just happened the only thing left is the lamb of god the king of kings and the lord of lords saying hey here i am he's got his hand out wanting you to put your hand in his hand and say let's do this again i've got you this time let me drive this time, let me drop. Listen to what Romans, you were talking about the branches being pruned. This is what mm-hmm. Romans 11 says. It says, do not be arrogant toward the branches. Ooh. <laughs> if you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Here he is with his hand saying, come on, let me drive. That you will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. What is it? The beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Mm, There you go. And here's the thing. If we fear him and honor him, we know that unless he builds the house, it will not stand. You can build all you want. I can go out and build a thousand businesses. You can go out and 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 teach a thousand kids and think I'm the best teacher. These kids know way more because they were set under me and they end up being crazy and my businesses fail. All this listen, let God be true and every man a liar. 
Seek ye first his kingdom and watch and see what he does. You know, Paul, you're talking about uh, remembering. You're, you're talking about seeking the Lord. I can remember uh, as a student, there was so many times, Paul, whenever I would have an exam or a test, and I think, I, I don't need to study. I'm I'm good. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I got this. I know. And you'd yeah. go in and, you know, you might – you might barely get by, or you, you know, you might do well, but I know that there's been some tests that I, I was like, gosh, I wish I'd have studied more. Well, what preceded that failure was my, my pride, my arrogance, because I thought, no, I got this. Yeah. And pride will sometimes lead one to forget or neglect one's responsibilities. Right. We think that we can control it. We think that we ourselves are bigger than the mountain or, or bigger than whatever we're facing. Right. Um, let me just give you a quick example right here, Paul, and I'm going to go on a little tangent here. Romans chapter 11, verse number 22. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward you, goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, they shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. So this little passage right here, the olive tree, the branches that were broken off, that represents Israel. Why was Israel cut off from God? Well, they forgot about God's goodness. Yeah. They forgot about God's grace. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senor Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senor Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30. And Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30. So take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now the continuation of Truth Revival. Uh, in, in Jewish history, there was like seven feasts. God said, remember and do this. Yeah. Why would he command his people to remember and do these feasts, which, you know, eventually they became they become tired of. They become monotonous. But why would God command them to remember, Paul? So that they wouldn't forget. Yeah. So that they wouldn't forget. Remember that you were once in bondage. Mm. Remember that you were once slaves yeah. in a foreign land. Remember that you were persecuted. I delivered you. And God delivered you. Yep. Remember that. And you know what? Boy, that 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 day that you got set free, remember what that felt like. Yeah. The the joy, the excitement, the the freedom. Yeah. It, you know, 
just the liberty that, that came with that. Well, what about we as believers? Yeah. Remember that we were set free. Yeah. Remember that we're no longer slaves to sin. Remember that we're out of bondage now. Remember that there's a Savior who loves you. He died for you. Even while you were yet in your sin, Christ came for you. He pursued you. And praise God, he delivers you. And now he promises you a hope and a future. Amen to that. Praise Ooh, that's God. It's good, good preaching, Rome. And so, and so like when we, when we come into the house of God, we should remember that we should lift up holy hands. We should enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Our lives should be a living sacrifice. We owe it unto the Lord now, but you know what happens? Pride creeps in. Yeah. Pride creeps in and says, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I might not be as, as good as Paul Chapman, but I mean, I might be better than my neighbor. I might be better than the other guy. And so, I mean, God knows my heart. Yeah. And God true. knows it good. We need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. You know what keeps us from reading our Bibles a lot of times? Pride. Yeah. I, I know God. I mean, I'm good. What keeps us from praying a lot of times? It's forgetfulness. Yeah. But you know what happens when you forget? Forgetfulness is simply a partner with pride. Yeah. If you have forgotten, that means you were too prideful to see the need in the beginning. So, my friends, we want to encourage you to, with all diligence, honor the Lord and seek the Lord as you go about in your daily life, in your family, in your career, in your time of worship and service. Give all diligence as the Apostle Paul commanded believers. Give all diligence unto it because it's necessary. It's important because it is human nature yes. to allow pride to creep in Yeah, silently. Right. Go ahead, Paul. I just, I was just thinking, you know, back to when I was stupid <laughs> and, you know, just, how it takes over because you're competing. You know, you're the thing about pride is you're trying to please man. You're not trying to please God. I mean, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to look, look a certain way. You're trying to be a certain way. You're trying to achieve a certain goal. And listen, at the end of the day, it's all look at me, look at me, look at me. Let's just be honest, mm. you know? Uh, but when he's your centerpiece, and and you give your your life to him and your work to him and your your gift to him he takes that thing and he raises you up if you're humble he will listen if you want to be first you got to be last mhm and it, and i mean what he, if you uh, what if you truly want to live paul you got to die what <laughs> if you what if you want to receive got to give it's a paradox the when it comes to following after Christ, it's it's actually quite simple, but it goes against everything that the world teaches. So in closing here, it was actually Peter who said, given all diligence and, and not Paul. I, I want I need to correct that. But I just want I want to read this right here. Second Peter chapter number one. 
We're going to start in verse number four. Whereby are given unto us these exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So again, we've been redeemed. We've been bought by the blood. We've escaped the corruption of the world. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. And so now God wants us to be partakers of the great and precious promises. And besides all this, giving all diligence mm. and add add to your faith. These are important. Virtue. Add your faith virtue. <laughs> and to your virtue, knowledge. And to your knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if you do these, for if these things be in you mm. and abound. Abound. And abound. That's key. Abound. Yeah. You know, man, hallelujah. God's put a lot of these things <laughs> in our good, hearts, boy. but we're just not allowing that fruit to be brought forth. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Mm. That's what God has called us to be. God has called you to bring forth much fruit, Paul. Yep. He's called me to bring forth much fruit in our spiritual walk of life. God has called us to be multipliers of the gospel. Go ye therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost, uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So th this is what we've been called to do as Christians, to add these things and abound in our faith. Verse number nine, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off, for he has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Mm. Let us not forget. No. Because when we begin to forget, that is a symptom of pride. Yeah. And I don't want to end on a downer. Paul, I just... A lot of our churches, man, I just hate when church is cold. Yeah. When it's like people are have forgotten God. When when people have forgotten that they were redeemed from their old sins and or redeemed and, and that they have a hope and a future. May we not forget. I know that uh Joshua had a very similar, you know, that where people wanted to go and worship other gods, but but Joshua said, As for me and my house. I can't control what everybody else does. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm praying that God would surround me with other godly men that's going to hold me accountable and keep me sharp and not allow these silent killers that even though I may not even be able to see them, but there will be other men and women of God in my life to help guide me and steer me and hold me accountable. Paul, I'm going to leave you with it. I don't know if you want to. I'm over here wallowing in it. Listen, I found the 50 fruits of pride. And nine out of the first 10, I resemble. It's pretty rough. But not only I resemble, but a lot of people I know resemble. I'm often anxious about my life and the future. 
I tend to not trust God and rarely experience his abiding and transcendent peace in my soul. I've had a hard time sleeping at night because of fearful thoughts and burdens I carry. I'm just going to get real real quick. I'm going to read a few of these. I'm overly self-conscious. I tend to replay in my mind how I did, what I said, how I'm, I'm coming across to others. I'm very concerned about what people think of me. I think about these things constantly. His truth is going to set us free. Number four, I fear man more than God. I'm afraid of others and make decisions about what I will say and do based upon this fear. I'm afraid to take a stand for things that are right. I'm concerned with how people will react to me or perceive my actions or words. I don't think about God's opinion in a matter and rarely think there could be a consequence for disobeying him. I primarily seek the approval of man and not God. I often feel secure. I don't want to try new things or step out of uncomfortable situations because I'm afraid to fail or look foolish. I'm easily embarrassed. This sounds like our, our, it sounds like a lot of people I know. It sounds like me. Mm. I regularly compare myself to others. I am performance oriented. I feel that I have greater worth if I do well. I am self-critical. I tend to be a perfectionist. I can't stand for little things to be wrong because they reflect poorly on me. I've had a hard time putting my mistakes behind me. I desire to receive credit and recognition for what I do. I like people to see what I do and let me know that they noticed. I feel hurt or offended when they don't. I'm overly concerned about my reputation and hate to being misunderstood. I want people to be impressed with me. I like it when my accomplishments are known. I tend to be deceptive about myself. I find myself lying to preserve my reputation. I find myself hiding truth about myself, especially about my sins, my weaknesses. I don't want people to know who I really am. I'm selfishly ambitious. I really want to get ahead. I like having a position or a title. I far prefer leading to following. And number 12, I am overly competitive. I always want to win and come out on top, and it bothers me when I don't. That's a gut kick, if there ever was one. But we have a promise. We have a truth. Listen to the opposite. Proverbs 15. (laughs) The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he maintains the widow's boundaries. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but gracious words are pure. He's always got something to combat everything that's wrong in this world. He's got something to combat it. It's called his son. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the bones. The ears that listen to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence the fear of the lord is instruction and wisdom and humility comes before honor listen we all know what's wrong we all identify it we all see it but here's the deal god had enough grace and mercy to let me be here today to let you hear this today that he says hey come unto me you who labor and are heavy and are heavy laden i will give you rest come unto me with that burden come unto me with that sin of pride come unto me and lay it at my feet and watch me reprove you watch me mold me mold you into who i am watch me give you the virtue and these attributes of brotherly love and kindness i will fill you with who i am if you will come to me lay it down i will give you rest i'm your god and you can be my people 
And just like that, we have brought light to the silent killer of pride. And so if it stays in your heart, listen to this episode again. Uh, But I know this has helped me, Paul. Thank you for sharing that last little bit. I want to encourage our listeners out there. Allow the Holy Spirit to look deep into your heart. Because pride is a silent killer. Paul, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you for your patience with me. If you enjoy the show, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Truth Revival 37385. For Paul Chapman, I'm Roman Hamilton. We're out of here.